This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Cooper Cup is expected to play. If he plays, I don't see how I can keep him out of my lineup. You know, is it is it risky? I think it is. Uh, can he be on a snap count? Yes. But I, it's one of those things, like, I'm just going to live and die with Cooper Cup in my lineup this week, it is what it is. Like, if he's going to play, if he's active, he's getting he had a full practice yesterday. So I'm going to play him, dude. You know, so there's a good chance he can still come through to you, through for you. Like, if he's in a pitch count, this is a good matchup, right? So, like, how are you dealing yeah. with Cooper Cup? Like, is he a top ten play for you? Is he top fifteen play for you? How are you ranking him this week? Yeah, Cooper Cup. He slides in. I think he's just outside my top ten. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't start him. You should absolutely start him if he plays. I think he's going to play. The matchup is fantastic. I'm not worried about Cooper Cup. Like you mentioned, living and dying by him at this point is the only way to go. I mean, unless you have three wide receivers that are better than Cooper Cup right now, which is a good chance you don't, you're starting Cooper Cup. And there's a chance if you have Cooper Cup, you've been waiting for this for a long time. At least it feels like it. it's been four weeks, but it's a really long time in fantasy years if you don't talk about it like that way you've been missing cooper cup there's no reason that you don't start him and it just happens that the matchup is like really good are you playing him over puka i i think i am yeah just because we've seen what he's done with matthew stafford and it's hilarious like you know how puka nakua is on pace to be like the receiving yard yardage leader of all time you know he has the most receiving yards and Cooper Cup was doing the same thing two years ago, was it? Yeah. And then Calvin Johnson has obviously the record for most receiving yards. And I saw this somewhere. I forget where the stat was from, but they mentioned that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback for all of these players, which yeah, tells you everything dude. you need to know. Another reason not to worry about Puka Nakua, if you want to talk about that. But Cooper Cup, man, yeah. like, like uh, he'll come back. He's going to be just fine. I- I'm not worried about him at all. Both of these guys are going to be solid, solid plays. And I can get into that here in a minute. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he he should be able to come through for you regardless of 
Cup coming back, and I've talked about this multiple times already. Um, you know, I have him ranked as a high-end wide receiver two this week. I have Cup as a top ten play this week, and it really comes down to like, who am I willing to bench Cooper Cup for, right? And that's what it comes down yeah. to. And then same thing with Puka. So I think Puka's still going to be in my lineup. You know, like I mentioned on Wednesday's show, don't panic sell him. But uh, Zach, can you just talk about this matchup a little bit? You know, for for Puka and and Cup this week. Yeah. So King Cup, he's going to be back. <laughs> you know, but. I'm not worried about Puka at all. Is he, like Some people that have Puka Nakua, their hair is on fire for some reason. They're like worried about Puka Nakua falling off the map. That's not going to happen. I'm not worried about Puka in the long run. And I'm not. I'm definitely not worried about him in this matchup against the Eagles. I mean, first of all, Puka hasn't been playing Cup's role. You know, He runs 74% of his routes on the perimeter this year versus Cooper Cup's 53% of, the, of, the, of his routes coming from the slot in the nine games he played last year. So they're going to be playing different roles. You know, it's not like Cup is coming in. He's just chucking Puka into fantasy football purgatory. They're playing different roles. Puka is still a very strong wide receiver, too, especially with the way the Rams have been throwing the ball. You know, Matthew Stafford, I just mentioned it before with that stat where he's been, you know, propelling these receivers to these like fantastic finishes, historic finishes. Matthew Stafford's also third in the league in dropbacks. So you don't have to worry about volume as long as Matthew Stafford's healthy. Then you get the matchup this week against the Eagles. And what's there not to like about Puka? I mean, the Eagles, they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points of receivers this season, fourth most on the perimeter uh, receivers as well. And with Cup likely manning the slot, you know, Puka's going to be almost assuredly playing most of his snaps on the outside this week, which isn't a problem because they're allowing a lot of points to every position in the offense at wide receiver. This game has the second highest total of the week at 50 between the Eagles and the Rams. If anyone's going to be chasing points, I'm going to say it's going to be L.A., I know the Eagles, they're not so good in the secondary, but I think they have enough scoring potential to stay ahead. It's easy to be worried about Cup coming back and hurting Puka, but the matchup this week, I think, does a really good job of counterbalancing those concerns. I think it's where it's a situation where you don't want to undervalue what the potential is for both of these guys at the same time, right? Like, there is a, a potential where... Sean Mavay has two very good wide receivers now. So I would be excited to see what Sean Mavay can do with both of these guys, with Matthew, a healthy Matthew Stafford. Well, you know, he does have the hip injury, but he is practicing in full, so I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Yep. Kyron Williams, you know, he returned to a limited practice on Thursday as well. He should be fine to play. Um, his replacement would be Ronnie Rivers. Um, Kyron, you know, he should be good to go, though. Okay. Yeah, uh, moving on, Jonathan Taylor going to suit up this week as well. Um, I have him as a high-end RB2 play. Again, you know, you want him in your lineup, but we don't know if he's going to play a full role in his first week back. I, at least I don't know, right? That's my concern. Like, are they just going to yeah. completely shelf Zach Moss this week? I think he's going to be completely shelved for sure at some point, probably next week. Um, but I don't know if that happens this week, right? It's also a really mm -hmm. tough matchup against the Titans, right? So most likely JT will be in my lineup, you know, unless I have like some like other studs you know, at the position. Like if I have like, you know, Pollard and Kyron Williams, for example, I've probably played those two guys, you know, over Jonathan Taylor, at least for this week. But we'll see how yeah. it goes moving forward. Absolutely. You know, it's great that Jonathan Taylor could be back, but I'm, I'm not counting on him as anything higher than I think like an RB2, high-end RB2. I, I don't want to put him right back in that conversation as an RB1 because like we talked about all, all off season, and it's kind of, you know, manifesting itself in season Anthony Richardson's running scores in from the goal line. And I, I don't want to just bake it all down to that. It's not going to be that. Jonathan Taylor obviously has been out of football for a little bit. You know, he's 
going to be, I think there's going to be a little rust to knock off, regardless of what anyone says. He says he's healthy. I believe him, but I think there's going to be rust to knock off. And Zach Moss, like you mentioned, I don't think he just goes away either. Like his role is going to dissipate. It's going to be a significant fall off this next week, two, three, however long it takes for them to phase him out. But once Jonathan Taylor's back, I won't have any reservations about playing him. But this week, and like you mentioned, in a tough matchup against the Titans, I think it was like, didn't we talk about like just not, like obviously it's jokingly, didn't we talk about just like not starting running backs against the Titans? Because they were just pretty much completely <laughs> destroying running backs and their fantasy performances. Like the way to attack the Titans is through the air. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Like the ground game, I think is going to be tough, you know, against the Titans. I, I think that there are better starts, a lot of better starts this week with higher upside than Jonathan Taylor. But obviously if you have him, I'm going to put him in my lineup because you've probably been getting by on like scraps these past few weeks. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones were limited in practice on Thursday, which is normally like a Wednesday for them because they play on Monday night. So, you know, really hoping for some full practices for these guys so we can finally be confident in a full workload for both of them. But as of right now, that's TBD. Javante Williams back at practice as of Thursday. So if he plays, you might not want to worry about Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaji P. Ryan. You know, they can take a little bit of work, you know, with Javante banged up, but it's also against the Jets. So not a good matchup to begin with. I might avoid this whole situation, to be honest with you. Yeah. Kenny Pickett practicing in full looks like he's good to play. Um, we don't know if he's super mobile right now. That's the that's the concern. He has a bone bruise in his knee. Um, I'm probably downgrading the Steelers' offense entirely this week because of that, if, if that's possible. I'm not sure if that is. <laughs> Can you downgrade um, a Matt Canada coach, Steelers' offense? I, I don't know about that sure. one guy. I'm not sure. Um, Miles <laughs> Sanders. Point, uh, a problem. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but like Kenny Pickett being a less mobile version of himself probably isn't good for the offense overall. Mal Sanders is still limited this week in practice. Not sure I trust him to handle the full workload this week. He's a low-end RB2 for me at best. Um, I might have him outside my top 24, to be honest with you. I, I'm thinking I, I'm thinking I just flat-out bench Sanders this week against the Lions. That's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, just find That's another fine. option because this is a very, very tough matchup overall for running backs right now. Yeah, okay. he's banged up, and Chuba Hubbard's outplaying him, at least yeah. from what I've seen. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. Luke Musgrave has cleared the concussion protocol, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and I sound like a broken record when I say this. He can be a low end tight end one at some point. Okay, so I think he'll end up making it there at some point, hopefully. But you will see if it's this week. This is a good matchup against the Raiders on Monday night if you want to play him. T. Higgins still not practicing. It's looking like he might not suit up this week. If he doesn't go, you kind of don't want any parts of this offense. I get it, but they can turn it on at any point, right? It can happen. So Tyler Boyd becomes startable as a PPR flex if you're somewhat desperate for a wide receiver. Kind of weird, but Jimmy G is still in the concussion protocol as of Thursday. Not good. Hopefully he gets out of it so that we can have more confidence in Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. You're playing Devontae Adams regardless, but whether Myers is a wide receiver to start or just like a bench, uh, you know, depends on Jimmy G's status. Okay. So I'm hoping that yeah. he can go 
So hopefully we get some good news on Friday. Saquon is still limited in practice. Still, yeah. What's up? As you say, the splits are pretty hilarious when you look at them. Obviously, it's only four weeks, but with Jimmy G and without, obviously, I mean, yeah. Jacoby Myers was coming off the concussion. He missed week three, but in week four, there was nothing for him. It was just hilarious because Aiden O'Connell was just dialed in on Devontae Adams. And Josh Jacobs as well. Yeah, him too. Um, That's true. Yeah, Saquon is still limited in practice. Still no word of whether he's playing. Hopefully, we'll find out more on Friday. Um, But he'll likely be RB2 for me in in his first week back because he's still clearly not 100% if he does play. Amon Ross St. Brown missed a whole week of practice. Okay, he talked to the media. That's including Friday. He talked to the media yesterday and said he can be good to go. There's a chance he does miss. Um, they're going to likely make the call on Saturday. Okay, so I would make sure that I have a backup ready to go uh, just in case because it, it, there, I would guess that there is more of a chance that he misses this game than he plays. And if he doesn't go, you know, I'm not sure if I play Jamison Williams like right off the bat. Like we have no idea how much he's going to play. Um, but he does become a little bit more startable if Amon Ra misses because they're going to need some firepower there, right? Um, I think Josh Reynolds is probably a, a better play. Um, Sam Laporta, definitely a better play. He could potentially be their number one target. I, I, I'm going to say maybe Jameer Gibbs. Um, there you say it. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not holding my breath on that one, but like it could happen. Uh, I don't know. But this is like a game where now it's it gets interesting because without Amon Ra, does the Lions offense struggle a little bit and does it become less of an of a clear positive game script for David Montgomery, right? That's the question. And if it isn't a clear positive game script, is Jameer Gibbs more involved? And if he is on the field more and then Amon Ra misses time, does he see more targets? Now, I'm not sure if I'm putting the tin foil hat on right now and like trying to like make, make this happen, <laughs> but yeah. I, I I think there is a world where this happens. So I think I think I'm gonna say that Jameer Gibbs gets a slight upgrade if I'm gonna miss it. All right. Yeah, that's fair. I was just you you mean you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say this is just like us. We were both big Jameer guys, you know, coming into the season, <laughs> trying to rationalize some sort of upside here in this matchup. There's a, there's a chance. I'm all right. He's a target machine. You know, he keeps that his ceilings low because I don't think he scored. No, he did score one touchdown this season. He doesn't do a whole lot of scoring historically, you know, in terms of like huge touchdown totals, but the volume is there. We talked about that, I think, a couple episodes ago. Like, if those targets move, I mean, it could be like a foundational shift in where these targets go. Like, Jared Goff isn't going to have his go-to guy. So then what does that become? Maybe that just means more David Montgomery swing routes. Hopefully that's not the case. But Jameer Gibbs, regardless, I mean, they said they were lining up at him up at receiver in training camp. I'd love to see him do that a little bit if if that's the case. If they're just so dedicated to not using him in the ground game, like you got to find a way to get Jameer Gibbs the ball. Debo Samuel will be playing at less than 100% against the Cowboys. Probably another reason to make sure that Brandon Ayuk is in your lineup. Okay, this is a tough matchup on paper, but no Trayvon Diggs. Remember that. Dallas also plays some of the most man coverage in the NFL. That's where Ayuk has the advantage over Debo to begin with. So I think he ends up continuing what he's been doing this year. I know that you might want to downgrade him in this matchup because it seems like it's tough on paper, but I would just make sure that Ayuk is in your lineup. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Debo is the one that I would have questions about. But I think you and I agree, and we've been on this for a little bit, that Ayuk is the guy, and I'm not really leaving him out of my lineup unless he's injured. 
like there's no reason to really bench him because he has that target share and he looks every bit like Brock Purdy's favorite target. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.